Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of multiple sclerosis found under the neurology section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 32-year-old woman presents to her physician complaining of double vision. This has been very distressing for her. She has a past medical history significant for type 1 diabetes treated with a continuous subcutaneous insulin pump. Upon further questioning, she mentions she experienced arm weakness and numbness that resolved spontaneously over the course of a couple of weeks. Physical exam is notable for impaired adduction of the right eye and nystagmus on abduction of the left eye on left lateral gaze. Let's continue with an introduction to multiple sclerosis. This refers to an autoimmune inflammation and demyelination of the central nervous system neurons. There is destruction of oligodendrocytes mediated by CD8 T-cells and Th1, Th17 helper T-cells. There are specific anti-myelin-basic protein antibodies, and you can find an increase of protein, in particular of IgG, in the cerebrospinal fluid. Over time, the white matter plaques accumulate in the brain and the spinal cord. In terms of the epidemiology, there is a gender bias, as this is seen more frequently in women. There is also a race bias, as this is seen more frequently in white patients. The onset is commonly between 20 and 40 years of age, and there's an increase in temperate climates, and it is associated with HLA-DR2. Moving on to the presentation. Patients may have multiple neurologic symptoms separated in time and space. Motor involvement may include hemiparesis, MLF syndrome, which leads to internuclear ophthalmoplegia, and may be seen as nystagmus. There may be scanning speech, which may make the patient sound intoxicated, and there may be an intention tremor. Sensory involvement may include hemisensory symptoms. Heat sensitivity, also known as UDOF phenomenon, this is where there is a temporary worsening of symptoms when patients are exposed to increases in temperature. There may be optic neuritis, which refers to sudden loss of vision, and there may be an afferent pupillary defect referred to as a Marcus Gunn pupil. Autonomic involvement may include bladder and bowel incontinence. In terms of the evaluation, a lumbar puncture may demonstrate an elevated leukocyte, elevated gamma globulins, which results in oligoclonal banding, elevated myelin basic protein, and a normal glucose. Imaging must include two demyelinating lesions separated in time and space. MRI is the gold standard. There will be hyperintensity on T2 and flare sequences with enhancement of acute lesions. There may be demyelinating periventricular plaques known as Dawson's fingers, and there may be a preservation or destruction of axons within the plaques. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, neuromyelitis optica, and idiopathic transverse myelitis. With regards to treatment, Medical options include beta interferon, high-dose steroids such as dexamethasone. Remember that this speeds the recovery of ocular symptoms, but does not change overall progression of disease. Other options include glitiramer, netalizumab, which increases the risk of progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, and rituximab, which also increases the risk of progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. And remember to also provide symptomatic treatment for neurogenic bladder spasticity, and pain. In terms of the prognosis, prevention, and complications, 
remember that patients can exhibit multiple patterns of disability progression. Primary progressive demonstrates a steady decline in function over time. Relapsing remitting has periods of relative stability alternating with declines. And finally, secondary progressive is relatively stable at first, followed by a steady decline. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to multiple sclerosis, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 34-year-old woman comes to the clinic complaining of numbness and tingling of her right arm for two days. She reports that she was washing dishes when she felt a burning sensation along her right forearm. The patient has been relatively healthy, except for an episode of right eye pain and vision loss four years ago. She does not recall specific details, but claims that it just went away on its own after a couple of days. The patient denies any recent travel, trauma, loss of consciousness, speech changes, weakness, or vision change, but does endorse gastroenteritis about one week ago. She is sexually active with multiple partners and rarely uses contraception. Her last HIV testing two weeks ago was negative. A magnetic resonance image of her brain demonstrates hyperintense demyelinating lesions. What is the most likely explanation for this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Destruction of oligodendrocytes by T-cells Choice 2. HIV-associated dementia Choice 3. Infarction of the left internal capsule Choice 4. Inflammation and demyelination of Schwann cells or choice 5, toxoplasmosis infection. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, destruction of oligodendrocytes by T-cells. This patient's neurologic symptoms that are disseminated in space and time are characteristic of multiple sclerosis, which results from autoimmune inflammation and demyelination of oligodendrocytes by T-cells. Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune process that is characterized by relapsing and progressive process. It often occurs in young Caucasian females. Common episodes can present with sensory symptoms in the limbs or face, unilateral visual loss, diplopia, gait disturbance, motor weakness, incontinence, and pain. Typical findings on brain MRI include hyperintense periventricular white matter lesions on T2-weighted imaging. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. HIV-associated dementia usually presents with subacute progression of subcortical dysfunction, depressive symptoms, and impaired psychomotor speed. It often occurs in patients with untreated HIV. Although this patient has risk factors for HIV, her relatively recent negative HIV test result makes this diagnosis less likely. Choice 3. Infarction of the internal capsule often results in pure motor or pure sensory strokes. Although this patient has isolated sensory deficits, an internal capsule infarction would not explain her presumed optic neuritis four years ago. In addition, this patient does not have any risk factors for a cerebrovascular event at such a young age. Choice 4. Inflammation and demyelination of Schwann cells occurs in Guillain-Barre syndrome, which often follows viral or bacterial infections. However, this patient's symptoms do not correspond with GBS, which commonly presents with ascending muscle weakness and paralysis. Choice 5. Toxoplasmosis infection rarely manifests within the central nervous system in immunocompetent individuals. 
Symptoms present late in the disease process when CD4-positive counts are below 50. Finally, a bullet summary. Multiple sclerosis is defined by dissemination of neurological symptoms in space and time and is due to destruction of oligodendrocytes by T-cells. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 28-year-old woman with a history of migraines presents to your office due to sudden loss of vision in her left eye and difficulty speaking. Two weeks ago, she experienced muscle aches, fever, and cough. Her muscle aches are improving, but she continues to have a cough. She also feels as though she has been more tired than usual. She had a similar episode of vision loss two years ago and had an MRI at that time. She has a family history of migraines and takes propranolol daily. On swinging light test, there is decreased constriction of the left pupil relative to the right pupil. You repeat the MRI and note enhancing lesions in the left optic nerve. Which of the following is used to prevent progression of this condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Dexamethasone Choice 2. Methotrexate Choice 3. Natalizumab Choice 4. Infliximab Or Choice 5. Adalimumab The best answer to this question is choice 3, natalizumab. This young female presenting with sudden loss of vision, difficulty speaking, and a history of similar episode two years ago is most concerning for multiple sclerosis. Natalizumab prevents progression of symptoms and is used in long-term management. MS is an autoimmune demyelinating disorder of the central nervous system. Charcot's neurologic triad includes scanning speech, intention tremor, and nystagmus. Swinging light test indicates an afferent pupillary defect on the left, consistent with damage to the optic nerve. This diagnosis is confirmed by MRI, which is the gold standard for diagnosis, and commonly shows enhancing lesions in periventricular plaques, also known as Dawson's fingers. Natalizumab is a monoclonal antibody that targets alpha-4 integrin. It is used to slow progression of MS. There is an increased risk of progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, and all patients should be tested for JC virus prior to initiation. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Dexamethasone will speed recovery of ocular symptoms, but does not change the overall progression of the disease. Choice 2. Methotrexate is a dihydrofolate reductase inhibitor, thus inhibiting DNA and RNA synthesis. It is often used to treat rheumatoid arthritis and in certain malignancies. It would not be used to treat acute flares in a patient with multiple sclerosis. Choice 4. Infliximab is a monoclonal antibody that targets TNF-alpha. It is used to treat a number of autoimmune disorders, including rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis. Choice 5. Adalimumab is a TNF-alpha inhibitor commonly used to treat rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and other autoimmune diseases. It is not used in the treatment of MS. Finally, a bullet summary. Natalizumab is a monoclonal antibody that is used to slow progression of MS. That's all for this review about multiple sclerosis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. 
you can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. Podcast.